0: Thank you for tuning in into the New Life Church Downtown Podcast. If you would like to get connected, follow us on Instagram at NLC Downtown Little Rock or email us at downtown.podcast at newlifechurch.tv. Has anybody in here been in a, like a fight, like a real fight? Come on, raise your hands. You've been in a real physical altercations. I want to see him. <laughs> I want to hear that story. Uh, come on, raise, raise your hands. I want to see him. Uh, when I was in seventh grade, uh, I'd met the love of my life, I thought. <laughs> and uh, we were dating, and an- another guy started trying to talk to her. And so I-, I had to defend my future. I had to defend my honor. And so I challenged him to a fist fight after third period. Uh, I-, I was a bold kid. Uh, you might say stupid. I was probably about five, eight at the time, buck 20. Uh, and y'all know how there are some kids in middle school who are like six, two. Uh, 275. They're built like Rob Gronkowski when they're 15 years old. That was the kid that I challenged to a fight. And uh, so I went home. And I knew I needed a weapon. I, I knew that I could not win this fight uh, on my own. And so I went and I started digging through the kitchen, going through the knife drawer. And I'm like, this is too far. This isn't this serious. <laughs> and so I found the cookie cutter drawer. And I thought, you know, I'm I'm 14, and so I don't have access to brass knuckles. This will be my uh, substitute <laughs> it's a cookie cutter. Uh, I think it was a reindeer cookie cutter, if I remember correctly. And I bent that thing around my fist, and I was ready to go. And so show up, third pier, there he is. Something I, 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 I neglected to mention. He had uh, broken his wrist about five weeks prior, and so he had a mesh cast on his wrist, also known as a club. Uh, <laughs> And so I come in and he goes, you ready to do this? And I was like, yeah, I'm ready. He goes, hit me. And I hit him right in the stomach and it didn't phase him at all. He absorbed the first punch and started clubbing me with this, with this cast. Okay. I had like cast burns on my face. He hit me two times and I was on my knees. He goes, are we done? yeah, we're done, and walked out. That was the end of it. And so I like picked up my belongings, went to third period class, bloodied, <laughs> and beat up. I lost that fight. My first fight, uh, I lost. But, but here's the truth, guys. Some of us in a fight that's not some middle school fight over our girlfriend, all right? Some of us enter a fight for our family. Some of you guys right now, you just came through one of the hardest years of your life you've had tension within your family, you've had tension within your marriage. But here's the good news. You don't have to go into this fight with some cookie cutter that you found in the drawer, okay? You can go into this fight with the Word of God, the help of the Holy Spirit, and the support of the local church, y'all. We we are called to walk through this fight together. And, And the truth is, I believe that the number one thing that the enemy hates is a healthy family. Why? Because in a healthy family, we we learn the word of God. In a healthy family, we learn how to walk together. In a healthy family, we learn how to deal with conflict. In a healthy family, hopefully, we learn about the hope and the love of Jesus. And you know, here's the truth, y'all. Nobody has ever regretted working hard for their family. I'm telling you. You are never gonna look back and be like, man, I spent too much time working on my family, I spent too much time being intentional. It's not gonna happen. But, y'all, here's what I know. We have lots of different types of families in this room, okay? We've got traditional nuclear families. We've got people who've gone through divorces. You've got blended families. We've got single-parent homes. We've got single-grandparent homes, right? One in every 14 kids is raised by a grandparent. We've got families around here, okay? Any families around here, just friends, family? Uh, We're going to be doing arranged marriages week four, and so be... (laughs) looking for that. It's going to be a great week. Praise God. (laughs) So how do you fight for your family? Number one, you got to know your opponent. You got to know your opponent. Second Corinthians 2.11 says, for we are not unaware of his schemes. That's the enemy. Now listen, wars are won by intelligence. Wars are won by intelligence. The best leaders make the best decisions with the best information. Amen? Amen. Best leaders make the best decision with the best information. We have to know the enemy's movements, plans, and this uncovering, I believe the best way to uncover the enemy's movements, the enemy's plans, is by the work and the help of the Holy Spirit. John 14, 26 says, but when the advocate, the Holy Spirit comes, who the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and will remind you of everything. Everybody say everything. Everything I've said to you. Ephesians 6.12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground after you've done everything to stand. Y'all listen, the devil wants to tear your family apart. If you look, if Fitz is around here somewhere. Fitz is doing a lot of studies right now on what's going on in the community. And, and one of the number one ways that our community gets torn apart is that the parents aren't together or the father is not in the home. Y'all, the, the enemy loves to rip families apart. Now listen to me. If you're in here and you've gone through that, some of you guys are sitting in a place right now where you, you, you've gone through that. You've gone through divorce. You've gone through families breaking apart. I want you to know that there's grace for you. God's grace is sufficient, and, and your best days are ahead of you. You don't have to sit down and hang your head and say, man, my life is over. God restores. God rebuilds. And I've got a verse for you. It's out, of, uh, it's out of Proverbs 24, 3 through 4. This is the first verse, guys. Sorry, I skipped over it. Everybody say wisdom builds the house. It says, by wisdom a house is built, and through understanding it's established. Through knowledge its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful things. Y'all, God wants to do that in your life. John 8, 44. This is talking about the devil. It says, when he lies, he speaks his native language, because he's a liar. He's the father of lies. How does this play out? Everybody, y'all listen, everybody has gone through this at some point. The devil will start telling you, oh, you married the wrong person. Oh, you see that? He's acting crazy. She's acting crazy. You made a mistake. (laughs) You just got to figure out a way out. Listen, y'all, everybody goes through this at times. You have fights, you have moments where marriage is difficult. And what the devil does is he gets in there and says, You need to get out of this situation. He attacks kids and says, Parents just don't understand, right? That's what he does. He attacks our view of our family. If I could just be in a different family, like if I was just in that family, they seem to have everything going on. Life would be, life would be better. you listen, you are a part of the family you're in for a reason. I don't care how it started. God's grace is sufficient for us. God builds up families, and God has a part for you to play, for us to play in our families getting healthier. So how do we do it? Number one, we gotta know our opponent. Number two, we gotta know our role. We've got to fight actively, not passively. One of my least favorite fights in the history of time was Mayweather versus McGregor, right? Who saw that fight? It was the most boring fight that has ever happened. Mayweather definitely won the fight, but it was boring, right? I I want like... Uh, Rocky three, which one's the one who fights the Russian? That's Rocky four. I want Rocky four. Like I want two people hitting each other in the face with no defense uh, for an hour straight, right? Which is not realistic. You will not survive that. Uh, but that's the type of fight that I want to see. Yo, listen, we, we are in a fight and we have a role in the fight that we're in. God has equipped you to build up and to strengthen your family. But a lot of times the thing that that gets us, especially men, is passivity. Look at this. Genesis 3, 6 through 7. It says, The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were open, and then suddenly they felt the shame of their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. Joel, Genesis 3. Where is Adam? <laughs> he is right in the middle of it, watching it. And then what does he do? Husbands, we are pros at this. It was the woman that you it's her fault, right? It's, it's her fault that we're fighting. It's her fault that we have things going on. It's her fault. Our marriage is in trouble. Listen, we have a role to play. Men, I'm speaking directly to you. A lot of times we are so passive. In our families, we're active in our hobbies, but we're passive in our families. Why is that? Because we don't have a plan. And I believe that the number one reason often we don't have a plan is because we don't know what to do. Nobody has ever walked with us and said, hey, men, this is how you lead your family. This is how you walk with your family. So I wanna give you a few things that you can do. Number one, you can pray for your family. Write this down. Number one, you can pray for your family. Take time, pray over your kids, pray over your wife. I know for me, when when Callie and I first started dating, I I was intimidated in those moments. Like, I I was already in, in church leadership, but I was intimidated to sit down and pray with my wife. Like, she'd be like, I'm sick. Will you pray for me? And I felt tension, to be honest with you. Now, if I was at church, Shaba shaba! it's time to pray. Like, we'll pray over you, we'll lead, you know, whatever. But my wife is like, I'm feeling sick, can you pray for me? There was insecurity for me there. Guys, let's push through that insecurity. Let's be active, let's fight for our wives, let's fight for our families, let's make plans. So number one, we pray. Number two, we plan. If we have a hobby, fellas, who's got a hobby in here? It might be your grass, okay? We all have hobbies. We plan, we're we're getting down our pre-emergent, right? We're getting down our fertilizer, (laughs) Hey, in our families, <laughs> let's be real. We got to get the pre-emergent down. We got to fight things before they come. We got to fertilize our families with prayer. We got to be there with them. We got to laugh with them. And men, as you go, your family will go. Let's not be a generation who makes women drag our families to church. Let's be a generation of men who wake up early, who, who push, who set a standard. Y'all, it's not easy for us to do, but we lead in every other area. What if we led in this area? Man, what could happen within our families? We've got to know our role. And men, God has designed you to lead. God's designed you to lead your family. So, so what can we all do? We can all de- declare God's truth over our families. You know, I don't want to get too far into the parenting stuff. We're going to jump into this in a few weeks. But Callie and I made some decisions as, as we came into our relationship. Number one, we never used the D word, divorce. Never, never. We don't joke about it and say, oh, we should get divorced. That's not funny, right? Hey, I've been through that. We've had so many divorces in our family. Listen, the battles you fight in your family, your kids will reap the benefit of. The battles that you fight, the strongholds that you break down, the rest, the other generations that come after you, they're, they're gonna reap the benefit of those things. And so for us, with our daughter, we're careful how we speak about her, all right? She, she, she's got a little spice to her, okay? She's assertive. But we're not going to sit there and be like, oh, she's got a temper. Good luck with that your whole life. <laughs> pray for you, you know? No, we got to direct her. we got to show her. we got to declare truth. we got to declare life over our families. Proverbs 18, 21, it says, the tongue has the power of life and death. You we've got to pray. It's an offensive weapon. So, number one, we got to know our opponent. That is the devil. Listen, people are not your problem okay? Your spouse is not the problem. The enemy is trying to separate and destroy your family. Number two, you got to know your role within your family. Number three, you got to know your plan. You got to know your plan. You got to be intentional. You got to be deliberate. You got to be premeditated, okay? You got to think about things that are coming. And young people, pay attention. If you're not, if you're not married in here, you don't have a family in here, y'all, this is the series I would be inviting all my friends to. Why? <laughs> Because you don't get ready for game day on game day, right? You want to study. You want to get prepared. You, you, you want to make plans. Tonight, there's a young adult small group. I don't think he's in the service. I think he's in the next one. A guy named Ramsey, he's leading it. But they're going to be talking about, man, how do we prep for the family that's to come? How, how, how do we start dreaming? You know, this is something I feel like Callie did so well. She had some good pastors over her, and she had just certain things that she was believing for, certain things that she was asking God for, and God gave her everything, you know, that (laughs) (laughs) that she was believing for. Uh, (laughs) When should we learn about having a spouse? Is it after we've already got one? No, it's before, so come on, if, if you're single, you've got high school friends, college friends, invite them to church. Let's start learning about this stuff together. Look at this in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27. It says, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize. Run in such a way to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. Yo, we are in a fight in life. And, and, and you're gonna live out most of that fight within the context of your family. Uh, you you want to have a good, strong home base. Amen. Corey Kangelosi, he's our uh, Hot Springs campus pastor. He gave three things uh, this past Monday in the devotional. That thought was so good. Uh, number one, we got to model. We got to have moments and we got to celebrate milestones. So, so we got to model. How do we learn in a family? We learn how to handle conflict. Listen, parents, our kids are going to learn how to deal with conflict watching mom and dad, right? And sometimes we're going to have to sit down with kids and say, hey, mom and dad blew it. You know when dad started yelling and ripping hair out? Daddy's got sin in his life, you know? We've got to show them how to walk through these things. We've got to show them how to, learn, how to handle emotions. We, we go through that together. We've got to learn how to handle losses. You're going to have losses in your life. we got to learn how to have fun. Everybody say fun. Uh, something there's a pastor who who said one time he said church should not be endured it should be enjoyed Uh, I believe the same thing about our families we should not endure our families we should enjoy our families Ecclesiastes 8 15 says so I recommend having fun because nothing is better for people in this world than to eat drink and enjoy life parents your kids are watching you let's have fun let's laugh you know, one of the things that always strikes me about Jesus is people love to be around Jesus. Anytime kids pull away from me, can I be real honest real quick? I'm like, not being like Jesus, that kid is terrified of me, okay? I've got to work. He 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 was so inviting. And I believe kid, kids don't want to be around a boring, serious, stiff person. It's like Maurice over here. It's crazy old Maurice. Why don't you stand up? No, I'm just kidding. He works for the dream center. The guy's just a blast. Kids love being around him, y'all. We have to be intentional with this. Listen, you're going to come home from work. You're going to have burdens that your kids and your family can't understand. You got to shake that stuff off. Something that my pastor taught me is he said, when you're on the phone, because for me, I I do a lot of work on the phone. (laughs) He says, finish your calls before you come in the house. Put your phone down, put it in another room, and be present, be there with your family. That's something that, that we've efforted towards, that we've worked towards. Why? I don't want to be distracted. I want to leave the day behind. I want to be present with my family. So we want to model that. Uh, husbands, show affection to your wife. Let your kids know that, that you love your wife. This creates stability for them. Work, sacrifice. Moms, nurture, nurture the family. Kids, show honor. I'm gonna talk more about this in, in the weeks to come, but you know, I think one of the biggest mistakes that, that generations make is they forget that they're standing on the, on the shoulders of the generation that came before them. I see this all the time in church. I see this all the time in church. Like People are like, man, if it wasn't for the generation before us, we're going to break everything off that this generation before us got wrong. And it's like, no, you're going to stand on the shoulders of the generation that came before you. Y'all, with your families, there's a song that I love. It's called Pioneer by Joe Purdy. And I'm not going to play it and sing it for you no matter how bad I want to. <laughs> I love this song. But he says, when you get older, don't hate your mama and daddy because they gave you everything that you ever had. I love that line. They gave you everything that you ever had. The, the end of it, it says, it's hard to be a pioneer when the land that you move to is dry. You know, it's easy for us as kids to forget the dry land that our parents worked, but y'all, let's be a people of honor. God, God commands blessing on people who honor their parents. Amen? Amen? Parents aren't perfect, but we can still show honor. Milestones. No, nope. moments. Moments. So number one, We've got to model. Number two, we've got to have moments. Um, create teaching moments. Look at this, Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 9. It says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. You must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Look at this. Repeat them again and again to who? Your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road and when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your foreheads as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and gate. Y'all, when am I supposed to talk about the scripture? When I'm at home, when I'm in the car, when I'm on the road, when we're going to bed, when we're waking up, when we have family night, right? There's there's one pastor that I love, and this is something I'm looking forward to do with my family. Whenever they have Sabbath, everybody say Sabbath. Y'all, listen, this is not a Sabbath message, but I want to encourage you, if you don't have a night, and and like a morning and day of the week with your family, try to fight for that. I I know with some work schedules, it's impossible, but try to find a time where you have Sabbath. And what what I love that this guy does is they get an enormous cookie (laughs) every Friday night (laughs) and they throw ice cream on top of it. Before they do that, they read a Bible verse together. They talk about it for a minute and then they have a huge party together every week. I think that's a blast, right? We've tried to put in pizza Mondays with Georgia, but she hates pizza. So, be, what kid hates pizza, you know? Uh, be, be praying for her. We're just praying that God would deliver her from her hate of pizza so that we could start having Pizza Mondays together. Amen? Uh, but create moments with your family. Create moments that they're going to remember. Number three, celebrate milestones. Holidays, birthdays, water baptisms, baby dedication. It's okay to have a party for your family. First, t-ball games, etc. Y'all, listen, this will not happen. This will not happen within our homes if we don't plan it. So let's work on it. Let's plan it. Husbands, let's work with our wives. Amen? All the ladies in the house said, I'm gonna keep working on it. The enemy has a plan for your family. We've gotta have plans for our families. And number four, you gotta know your weapons. So number one, you gotta know your opponent. Number two, you gotta know your role. Number three, you gotta know your plan. And number four, you got to know your weapon. Listen, our weapons are not physical, okay? We, we don't throw hands uh, when it comes to building our families, hopefully. Uh, 2 Corinthians ten three through 5, it says, Though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. Our weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On, contract, on, on the contrary, we have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Y'all, when we wrestle, when we fight for our families, it is not just a flesh and blood fight. It's a spiritual fight, y'all. But here's the problem. Too many of us are fighting a spiritual battle with physical weapons. Y'all, too many of us in our families, we're fighting a spiritual battle with physical weapons. So what are your weapons? Number one, grace. Everybody say grace. I've said it a few times in the service. God's grace is sufficient for you. God's grace is sufficient for your family. And the same grace God gives you, you get to extend it to other people. So number one, God gives us the weapon of grace. Just imagine if that same grace Jesus extends to you, you extended it to your spouse. Number two, We've got prayer. Yo, know, let's be people of prayer. This is something God's been working on me with for a number of years. That's, this has not been my strong point. I, I like to work, I like to get things done. Honestly, I think men, a lot of times, we're just not great prayers. <laughs> but we've got prayer, that's a weapon that God's given us. Number three, we've got forgiveness. Forgiveness, listen. Some of you guys in here right now have got serious areas you're needing to forgive somebody in your family like there's serious hurt serious things going on listen the same grace that god extended to us that same forgiveness he extended to us you can extend it to other people and when you forgive there's no greater weapon against the plans of the enemy in your family he has no backup to that there's nothing else that he can bring against you if you're willing to forgive. Now listen, some of you guys have really serious things. Some of you guys have really petty things. <laughs> okay, like really small stuff. Like you forgot to take out the trash or you moved my keys, right? I'm mad. Yeah, I'm sick of you moving my, moving my stuff. It's getting turned into a counseling session. <laughs> but listen, y'all, something that, that I learned younger when I, when I was going through counseling myself for real is that a lot of small things turn into a really big pile. And and, and when you harbor unforgiveness, how do you know you have unforgiveness in your family? Every time there's a fight, you bring that thing up. Every time there's tension, you bring up that thing that they did before, and they always do that thing, and you're sick of them doing that thing. They're the problem. Y'all, that's unforgiveness. We gotta let that small stuff go because when you sweep it under the rug, you end up with a big old pile about 15 to 20 years later. And it's a lot to work through. So y'all, let's be people who forgive quickly. Let's be the first to say we're sorry, amen. Not just in marriage, but with our kids, y'all. You're gonna make mistakes. You're gonna have moments where you say the wrong thing, where you do the wrong thing, but you get to model this for your families, amen. Amen. And with your friends, with relationships. Listen, y'all, this has been a tough year. Who had a tough year? <laughs> All my limbs. It was a tough year. But we can walk through it with grace. We can walk through it with forgiveness. And when we do that, the strength of God rushes in and it fills our lives. Joshua 24, 15. Maybe you've heard this. This is my heart for you. It says, but as for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. We're not gonna get it perfect in every season, but we're gonna serve the Lord. We're gonna pursue the Lord together. Y'all listen, God is the divine builder of your home, your family. I want you to imagine your life with security, with stability. I know you have moments where you feel weak, but God can bring this type of strength in your life. Y'all listen, you may be looking around and saying, Everybody in here's got it together. They've just got the keys, arguments to forgive. You have no idea. Y'all listen, I don't have time to get into all of it today. But my family has had a lot of brokenness in it. I've had a lot of things that, that I've walked through. And y'all, I, I, I can give testimony to the power of God. When, when you decide with your family, with your life, you're going to serve the Lord, y'all, it is not me. I can, Callie, it is not me. <laughs> it is God in our family building us up in strength and getting to break down what's happened in the past in our family. And so y'all, that's our prayer for you. That's what we're believing for you. And so here in a moment, we're going to go into a time of worship and I just want you to search your heart. Man, you could have past wounds, just stuff that's happened between you and your parents. You need to forgive your parents. Y'all, when there's unforgiveness anywhere in your heart, y'all, it leaks out into other places. You may need to release them. Some of you guys, spouses, you may need to turn to each other during worship and say, I'm sorry, I missed that. Some of you guys on the, on the drive home may need to turn back to your kids and say, hey, daddy messed up, mommy messed up, will you forgive me? Y'all, because when we do this, the strength of God floods into our homes. He builds up healthy homes, and that makes for healthy communities. Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you for all that you've done. God, all that you're going to do. And Jesus, we just love you. Uh, We want to walk with you. We want to do things your way. We want to lay down our ways and and take up your way. And so uh, I just want to give you guys an opportunity here. If you've got some areas in your family that you just know you need to own your part for, I just want you to slip up your hand real quick. You just got a few things you need to release, a few things that you need to forgive, ask for forgiveness. I see, I see, I see, I see. God, I thank you for every hand that was raised. God, every situation that's represented here. God, I pray that you would flood in with your grace as they start to have these types of conversations. You know, maybe some of you guys are in here and as we're talking about this, you just recognize, man, I'm just far from God. All the good news is that at any moment in life we can turn back to God and he runs towards us. And so if you just want some prayer for your relationship with God, maybe you don't have one, maybe you just need to rededicate your life, but you're just far from, I just want you to slip your hand up real quick and I want to pray for you. I see you, I see you. Anybody else? All right, good, let's do this. Stand to your feet, we're going we're gonna to pray together. God, I pray for those who raised their hand just now to rededicate their life. God, I thank you that when we turn towards you, God, you turn right back towards us. So let's pray this prayer all together. Say, Jesus, I believe that you came for me, that you lived for me, that you died for me, and you rose for me. God, I thank you that your power is made perfect in my weakness, and you chose me. I want to walk with you, Jesus, all the days of my life. It's your name we pray. All God's people said. Hey guys, Pastor Bronson here. just want to say thank you for listening in. Uh, our hope and our prayer is that this podcast equips you on your walk, your journey with Jesus. And so please like, subscribe, share, help us spread the word. We love you.